welcome to the 11th episode of the uh, Lebanese Physicians uh, Podcast. And today uh, we are joined by uh, Dr. Muhammad Ali Jardali, who is a uh, family medicine resident at the American University of Beirut Medical Center. Uh, and the reason I'm inviting uh, Muhammad today is uh, because uh, he has interest in a very important uh, topic that we have not discussed, which is uh, medical school tuition and uh, the loans that medical students in Lebanon are taking to be able to complete their medical school. Uh, Muhammad has uh, graduated with a biomedical engineering degree from the University of Michigan Ann Arbor. Uh, and subsequently entered at, uh, entered at the uh, Center of Healthcare Engineering and Patient uh, Safety, uh, and then uh, subsequently com completed medical school at the Lebanese American University School of Medicine, where I was for a couple of years, which is a good medical school, and uh, now is doing his residency at uh, the American University of Beirut in family medicine. Uh, welcome, uh, Muhammad. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Khalil, for having me. Uh, so, so yes, before before this uh, before this podcast, I think we went uh, over your uh, research with each other, and it's a very interesting research. So, can you tell us more about yourself and what got you interested in this? Definitely, I think this is a great platform to discuss a topic that's that's often considered taboo. Uh, as doctors, we're often told it's type to talk about money. So, I'm glad we're having uh, this discussion. Uh, to me, this is a very personal topic because after I graduated from medical school, uh, I was struggling to pay back my student loans and I was relying on my parents uh, to help me. Uh, it was very awkward. Uh, I started talking to other residents and students and figured out I wasn't the only one uh, in this uh, situation. And then I wanted to look up information on student loans in Lebanon and there was nothing, zero. But if you look uh, in the US, it's such a hot topic, student loans, everyone's talking about it. Uh, and then there's this assumption in Lebanon that if you go into medicine, you will be financially uh, set for life. Uh, so you can understand why as a fresh graduate, I felt uh, kind of cheated by the system. Uh, I focused all of my energy of getting into medical school and figured things would uh, be smooth and they would work themselves out. But clearly that was not the case. Uh, and what clicked uh, in my mind uh, was actually at the hooding ceremony, we were graduating from medical school and we got an email from the university asking us to make a donation uh, for the alumni association. To me, it was preposterous because I still didn't even get my degree and they were already asking me uh, to make a donation as if I was set for life, now I'm a big shot doctor and uh, money was raining all over me, which is clearly not the case. Um, and I think no one teaches you about money uh, in medical school. And then from the moment you start residency and the moment you start practicing, you have to think about it. So this is where my research interest it was personal. And then I wanted to study it, found no data and went ahead to study it in the medical schools in Lebanon. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, I mean, people may not know, especially listeners in the US, they might think uh, uh, medical school is free in Lebanon, but uh, so how much does it cost to go into medical school? Uh, in Lebanon on, on average, I guess. Uh, so medical school in Lebanon is expensive, especially if you wanna compare it to the local wages over here. So just to set up the stage for your listeners in Lebanon, which is a very small country, it's smaller than the size of Connecticut. And there, we, do, we don't know how many people live in Lebanon, which is weird. The last census was done in 1932 before the country of Lebanon even existed. So we think there's between four to 6 million in Lebanon. And for those people, we have around seven medical schools. One of them is public and six are private. 
So, so the public school doesn't really cost much. Uh, it's almost for free. There's a small like nominal fee, but the private schools are very expensive, especially compared to the local wages. Uh, there's a big range. Uh, it, it goes between $15,000 to $45,000. But again, the minimum wage in Lebanon is $450 and the median uh, is between around uh, $1,600. So uh, medical school in Lebanon is very expensive. Exactly. And, I, and, I, and, and, and one of the things I think that we need to add into this is the current uh, financial crisis in the country. Because when we, when we say... Uh, the tuition is in dollars uh, that is based on the, I guess, original uh, rate of 1,500 liras, which obviously with a significant increase in the, in the lira to dollar ratio at this point, I mean, as of today, I think it reached up to 14,500 or 15,000. And I bet, I mean, the medical schools cannot uh, keep supporting uh, uh, medical equipment from outside, uh, curricula from outside without increasing their fees. So has there been an increase in the medical school fees recently? Right. So the phenomenon that you're describing in Lebanon is twofold. The first fold is the devaluation of the local currency, which reached at around 1,000%. So I, th this has only happened in three other countries in recent history. Lebanon is the third country in which the national currency devalues by 1,000%. So what you were able to buy this time last year, today your income is just completely decimated. So to begin with, before the uh, complete uh, destruction and freefall of the local currency, there was a problem and there was a dissociation between tuition on one hand and wages on the other hand. This was before the crisis. Now with the crisis, as you, it's weird, I'm talking about tuition in dollars in a country where the currency is in Lebanese lira. And uh, what the three medical schools did this year is the dollarization of the tuition. So even though we're in a country where the official uh, currency is the Lebanese lira, students are being charged in dollars. And then there's a big debate about what, what rate uh, do you convert from the Lebanese lira, the national currency to the US dollars. And this is very controversial. The official peg is only 1,500 uh, Lebanese lira per dollar, but in the free market or what is called the black market, it's reached, like you said today, uh, $15,000. So there's a mid range, which is 3,900 liras. And this is uh, what we're calling the dollarization of tuition. So we went from Lebanese lira to uh, US dollars. So a significant increase in tuition uh, and potentially uh... That, that does not uh, go with, an, with a similar increase in the wages of the parents, especially the parents uh, living in Lebanon. I mean, saying that, I have a couple of questions for you. The first question is, so how many medical schools are in Lebanon? So uh, like I was saying before, there are a total of seven medical schools, one of uh, which is public, and the six others are private. Right, and, and the tuition among the different medical school obviously varies, right? Right. right. So for the private schools, we're talking anywhere between $15,000 to $40,000. And then when it's dollarized, so if you want to convert the $40,000 to Lebanese lira, yeah. uh, there was a, a sudden hike in tuition. So overnight, they increased the tuition by 160%. So now it's worth close to uh, 160 million uh, Lebanese lira, which is completely unreachable uh, for the general public. Right. And, and have, I mean, I know students 
such as Med, med 1, Med 2, or Med 3 students have already started their medical school, how are they coping with this? And have any students dropped out of medical school due to this tuition increase? So this is a very important question, and I'm glad that you asked this question. Uh, there are no official uh, statistics, but from talking to students, uh, we know there's around uh, 15 students from one university that dollarized the tuition. So Med 1 students who already completed their pre-med studies that left. The other students are stuck in limbo. They're damn if they stay and they're damn if they leave because they already took out those student loans and they're halfway in their commitment. And there's a whole uh, judicial process going on right now. So the students uh, took the decision of dollarization to court and there's uh, legal uh, back and forth between the university and the students right now. All right. Uh, and I mean, I know your study, we went over the, the, the presentation that you've done and your study, which I think is a very, as I told you, I think it's, it, it, it's very easily published. I think once you, once you finish it and write it up. Yeah. And from talking to each other, uh, you had conducted a, a study looking at uh, the household income distribution of the medical students in Lebanon, which is interesting as we do not have this information from uh, previous. And also you looked at the percentage of students who got loans in Lebanon, which is a topic that was never discussed in Lebanon, but it's frequently discussed in the US. So in terms of the household distribution of the students, uh, what did you find? Okay, so uh, when we set up the stage for the uh, study that I did, I knew that there was a disparity between the wages and the tuition. And I wanted to see how that was reflected in the student uh, body. Uh, so what I found from surveying students from the six medical schools in Lebanon was that 50% of the current medical students come from households that make more than $10,000 a month in Lebanon, which puts them at the top 1% bracket. Uh, on the other hand of the spectrum, there was only two students out of my entire uh, sample size, which is around 400, that came from households uh, that make uh, less than the minimum wage. So there's a huge disparity. And, and what, what did you find in terms of, I mean, yeah, this is a big disparity and this is basically data that is prior to the financial crisis. So who, the people who used to make more than $10,000 uh, may be making much less uh, right now if they have not lost their jobs at this point. So it might be a different sample uh, right now. Uh, but the question for you, which is also very interesting, is how many uh, or what's the percentage of students who got... Uh, student loans and and how and how much in student loans do they have? Right. So um, in, in the study that I conducted, what I found was that uh, we said fifty percent come from the top one percent bracket, but six out of ten students take out student loans in Lebanon currently. The mean is around seventy thousand uh, dollars, and one third of the students take out loans more than ninety thousand dollars in a country in which the before the crisis, we're talking, the median uh, income in Lebanon was $1,200 per month. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are huge loans. And I, I, guess, I guess people do that. They go into medical school, especially given the number of medical schools in Lebanon, thinking that, uh, all right, we'll take the loan. But once we're done with our medical school, we're going to make enough money to pay that loan back. Uh, that may be that may be correct if people travel outside the country, right? Like to the Gulf, to the U.S., to Europe. Uh, but that potentially could be harder to establish if people stay in Lebanon, especially now 
uh, it's going to be much harder to make that money to pay it back. Right now, we're in a near impossible situation. So just to give your listeners an idea about how much residents in Lebanon make. So uh, there's a huge uh, range, but the the starting uh, minimum stipend in Lebanon for residents is 800 Lebanese lira per month. And it reaches in the best institution in the country. It's, it starts at 2 million lira uh, per month. So I don't think your listeners realize how little that is, especially with the devaluation of the currency. So as of today, at the current rate of uh, uh, $15,000, we're talking about 20 cents an hour and 50 cents an hour. And that's the best paid starting residency uh, stipend in Lebanon. We're talking 50 cents an hour. Wow. Yeah, that that is very low. And uh, so another question is, do we know, uh, you may have that answer or not, do you know what's the average income of, of doctors uh, across the spectrum in uh, Lebanon after they finish the residency? There is no data on that, unfortunately. Yeah, not much, right? I mean, sometimes the Lebanese order physicians releases some data, but it's not consistent. So Sharaf Abu Sharaf, who was uh, the current uh, uh, president of the Lebanese Order of Physicians, in an interview a few years ago, he said that two-thirds, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, but a huge percentage of doctors in Lebanon make less than uh, two million lira a month. Right. I remember that. I remember that. So it's, and it's, yeah, yeah that, that's, quite, that's quite low. And then once these loans are to be repaid back, uh, how is it right now? I know it's very complicated because do you pay them back in dollars, which are fresh dollars from outside? Do you pay them back in local dollars, which are lo- which are dollars stuck in the bank or, or the Lebanese dollar? Or do you pay them in Lebanese liras at the 1500 or 3900 rate? Is it is it set right now or is it still a work in progress? So, uh, you, I can, you chose the perfect word, which is it's complicated. Uh, banks uh, are obliged to comply with the official rate, which is still pegged at uh, 1500. Uh, when banks uh, require you to pay back in dollars or in fresh dollars, what you can do is go to the notary and leave the money with the notary and then uh, take it to court and sue the bank. So this is what uh, collectively a lot of Lebanese are doing with their loans, not just their student loans, but sometimes it has to be decided in court. Exactly. And, and, I, and, and it seems like this may be affecting some of the students now, but the newer students who took loans out, the question for you is, one, are the banks giving new loans out to students? I know you were going to ask that question to several of the students now. And number two, the students are already on loans, are the loans being continued or has there been any problem with their loans being continued for the medical school? So uh, there are more than 60 banks in Lebanon. So right. the banking uh, sy- uh, system in Lebanon is very fragmented. And uh, for each student, they have a unique situation which depends on the bank uh, which they're dealing with. So there are a lot of variables. Uh, no one can give you one straight answer. Uh, a lot of the incoming students, especially who started medical school this year, if they didn't have a pre-existing arrangement with the bank before the collapse, they are not able to get a new student loan. And for those students who had an existing uh, loan, 
before the uh, dollarization of tuition, now it's a complete mess and no transparency about how uh, the university is factoring in that tuition. So let's say you took out, uh, you had 30% uh, of your tuition was to be covered by loans, right? So that was when the tuition was worth 60 million Lebanese lira. What happens when overnight the tuition becomes 160 million Lebanese lira? Do your, does the 30% uh, apply to the 60 million or the 160 million? And it's a mess and no one can answer that question, unfortunately. It, it, uh, each student has a unique situation depending on the bank they're dealing with. So what are, I mean, I, mean, I can see that this puts a lot of stress on the students and their families. And I think even, I mean, the families are stressed out financially. Uh, the students will be stressed out too, uh, given what's happening. So what do you think, I mean, what are potential solutions to this problem? Uh, is there any like advoc advocacy going on by the medical student associations uh, to try to solve this issue? So I just want to touch on one thing before I answer your question. You, you brought up the role of family. So uh, just to set this up for your listeners in the U.S. where the expectation for a medical student in the U.S. is to be financially independent from their parents and to take out loans uh, independently. In Lebanon, when you take out a loan from the bank, you need a co-signer. And in most cases, the uh, parents of the student act as co-signers and they have to put up collateral to the banks. So in the case you're not able to make uh, your loan payments back, uh, the bank can foreclose on the parent's home, for example. So this is uh, something that is causing families so much anxiety and distress, and it applies to everyone in Lebanon who took out a loan, not just student loans, but uh, parents who took out a student loan uh, signed up for something which they thought was a safe investment in their student ed education. They thought they had a safe return on investment. And suddenly uh, that, that is not the case anymore, uh, which brings us to the advocacy. So students feel uh, pressured in a corner uh, and they feel that they have to fight back. So uh, what's happening right now is in a lot of the schools, uh, there was a tuition strike. That was the first step. And the second step, uh, students are uh, not unionizing across the medical schools, but uh, they are talking to each other and uh, they're getting legal help so that uh, they fight uh, back the schools. So they're pushing back, they're fighting the dollarization and it's a very stressful environment. I mean, can you imagine being a student, you have to worry about uh, studying for anatomy and pathology and your SMLE. And on top of that, you have to figure out uh, how to pay your tuition. It's, it's a very stressful environment. Right, right. And, 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 and there's no, like, I mean, one is advocacy, right? Like the students pushing for change and maybe, I don't know if the Lebanese Order of Physicians helps out with any of this or not at this point. So students are not part of the Lebanese right, Order of Physicians. The Lebanese Order of yeah. Physicians is a union for physicians. And right. there's a huge barrier of entry even for residents to sign, to become members. They have to right. pay around 6 million liras to become members. And they get paid a starting salary in some residence programs, 800 Lebanese liras. So what the... Uh, uh, LOP is doing this year is it's arranging uh, a loan for for residents to take out to be able to join the union. Yeah, and because, um, the only reason I'm asking is because the LOP will be impacted by this, right? Because the LOP is made up of physicians who have graduated from medical schools in Lebanon, 
So for it to be able to keep getting its fees, uh, it may need to help out with this uh, because if the doctors don't have the money to pay the fees for the LOP, then the LOP loses money uh, that way too. So they should be uh, advocating for this at the same time. Is there any, any discussion of this at any level in the, in the, in the government in Lebanon? Um, the, the Lebanese government is completely incompetent uh, and they are not addressing the structural uh, and multiple uh, crises that Lebanon is facing, be it financial, be it uh, debt, be it economical. Uh, so student loans is, is not even, they got 99 problems. Uh, Lebanese medical student loans ain't one of them. Yeah, so I think it's, from in summary, I think, and you can summarize more too, but just to summarize briefly for the listeners, and you can summarize more, it seems like one medical school tuition in Lebanon is, is extremely high for the most part. Uh, that's number one. Number two, it seems like a good percentage of the students are getting student loans, which a lot of us did not know about. And number three, it seems like it's going to be hard for the students to pay back their student loans. I think number four, which we can discuss too, is why are there seven medical schools in a country of at most six million people, right? Including uh, the, the local residents and the refugees in the country. I think it's probably up to six million, although we don't have an official census <laughs> recently. But that's a huge number of medical schools in a, in a small country like this. Uh, so what are your thoughts? So I'm going to address... Uh... I'll start with number four. Uh, again, like I said, the last census that was done in Lebanon was around 90 years ago, before the country of Lebanon even existed. So no one can tell you with any certainty the number of local residents. It ranges between four to six million Lebanese people. And then if you want to factor in the refugees, be it uh, Syrian, Palestinian, and Iraqi, it can reach up to eight million. No one can give you an answer. So. Uh, to, to answer your question about why such a small country uh, has so many medical schools, uh, Lebanon actually has two of the oldest medical schools in the uh, Near East region, uh, the Eastern Mediterranean region. So two of the medical schools uh, were built before the 1900s. So in uh, the end of the 1868 or something like that, don't quote me on the number, but uh, something along those lines. So that was two of the first medical schools in the region. And then we have three more medical schools after the year 2000. I think uh, a lot of medical schools uh, in the back of the mind wanted to be built along sectarian lines, which is something you touched on in the introduction uh, episode of your podcast. And then I don't know if your listeners know, but there, there was talk about and proposals actually about an additional two medical schools uh, to satisfy uh, the sectarian divide in Lebanon, which uh, I mean, we're talking about a financial barrier of entry into medical school. Can you add on top of it a sectarian uh, barrier of entry into medical school? It's, it's completely outrageous, in my opinion. So, yeah, thank, I mean, thank you for this study, but hopefully you will uh, uh, publish your data soon so it's available for everyone, uh, because I think there needs to be uh, more buildup, I think, uh, on your data. Uh, to try to figure out uh, the exact, exact extent of this process. Because when you look at your data too, I think not, not everyone you send the surveys to ended up answering your surveys. So the extent of the problem could be 
uh, much bigger than this. Uh, and uh, I, think it's, I think it's urgent for everyone to know exactly what's going on and to start thinking of solutions to this uh, upcoming uh, problem that I think will get worse with time. Uh, so I think, uh, uh, thank you for encouraging me to publish the study. It's something I'm actively working on right now. And I think uh, having this platform, and thank you for inviting me, it's really important to talk about a problem. So the first step to solve any problem is to admit that there is one. So I'm glad we're sitting here today having this very difficult uh, and emotionally charged uh, conversation and admitting that there is a problem. Uh, stating what the facts are so that, like you said, we uh, are able to move forward. Uh, there are a lot of solutions, actually, and we can talk about them. Some of them can be short term, some of them medium term, and some of them, it's, it's, student loans, it's a structural problem. So at the end of it, there needs to be a structural solution to the whole uh, situation in Lebanon. This isn't an isolated uh, incident. This is part of an entire uh, collapsing structure. Right. I mean, do, do you, do you want to mention maybe some of these solutions right now uh, before we end Definitely. the podcast? So students right now are hurting and we should do uh, the best that we can to help help them. Uh, some of the small things that we can do, I think uh, Dr. Uh, Shalouhi discussed in one of your episodes, is just setting up a small fund for the students to register for their USMLE and their Q banks. You wanna take it a, a step further, we can set up a fund to sponsor students to do elective in the US, for example, if they wanna pursue residency in the US. And then I think there's an utmost importance to establish an emergency fund uh, to cover tuition for all medical students in Lebanon. A lot of the students in Lebanon have the sponsors uh, for their tuition. And I, one of the students I was talking to told me that his sponsor, uh, his house got destroyed in the Beirut blast and was not able to keep up with his commitment to pay his part uh, of the assistantship. So, uh, Dr. Shatila also mentioned something about uh, reclassifying Lebanon as a low-income country, because right now WHO considers Lebanon as upper-middle income, uh, while the reality is completely uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum. This will help Lebanon uh, in terms of uh, accessing a lot of uh, publication services, uh, etc. So that's for the students, they're hurting and we can help them at so many levels. Uh, for the residents, there's so much we can do. They're the frontliners in the COVID epidemic. They deserve more than lip service. We can start by hazard pay for residents, loan forgiveness. I mean, we need to talk about loan forgiveness. We can't threaten residents to foreclose on their parents' home if they're not able to pay back their tuitions, help them with housing, accommodation around the hospitals, financial assistance, medical insurance. A lot of uh, residents in Lebanon do not have medical insurance. It's, it's, it's outrageous. So there's so many things that we can do to help both students and residents survive. And that's even before we talk about structural reform of the entire healthcare system in Lebanon right now. I think uh, it's, it's an inflection point uh, for us to build the healthcare system that we want. Do we want universal healthcare for everyone? Do we believe that education is the right? Is it merit-based? So what kind of system do you want to build? It's, it's really good that we have a platform such as this podcast to discuss ideas and what future we want to build for Lebanon as it rises after this collapse. Exactly. And I, th I think the, the most important part right now is to address the short-term uh, problems because the long-term problems will need uh, a lot of work uh, down the road. And these hopefully will come with what everybody hopes will be some positive changes after this uh, collapse in the country. Hopefully this collapse will bring uh, some major changes uh, and structural reform that will impact all sectors of the, of the Lebanese economy. But the short-term 
I think uh, that need to be discussed are how, how can uh, expat doctors or, or Lebanese expats, I guess, help uh, with some short-term uh, funding for uh, USMLEs, for the students, for their travel outside the country and their electives. And the second one would be like helping with tuition, which is a bigger issue, I think. And that that potentially could be done through uh, increasing financial aid and, and some of these uh, institutions, which I think is already happening in several of the institutions. Financial aid has increased, but, it, but I'm not sure about the numbers and if it goes with the increase in tuition that we have seen. Uh, th- there is an increase in financial aid, definitely, but yeah. I don't think it covers the, the needs, unfortunately. It comes yeah. short. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Muhammad. And, and maybe you can do some uh, follow-up surveys uh, that we all can benefit from uh, now with the financial situation uh, to see what the situation is uh, at this point in time in Lebanon. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and I'm also planning on starting like a financial literacy course for medical students, residents, and attendings, uh, whom I also surveyed in my study. I know financial literacy cannot predict or remedy a crisis, but financial education will play a role ultimately, a pivotal role in the economic recovery of our country in which we're all part of. So uh, I'm glad uh, we had this conversation. We cannot be in denial. We need to be uh, proactive uh, and there are solutions. So let's let's work on making them happen. Right, thank you very much for your time. time. A pleasure.